Hey, what's going on everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon and with me as always is Caleb and we are kicking off our new theme month of chick flicks. Uh, it'll be interesting for two guys to watch five movies that are commonly known as movies for women uh, and get our thoughts and stuff on it. Uh, we're starting off with Pretty Woman, which is a movie that has a lot of kind of crazy and out of left field casting what ifs uh stick around to the end of the episode to hear about those but we'll start off as we always do and caleb what have you been watching so it has finally happened and i actually totally forgot before this episode started to try to get the official time uh of this but i am caught up with the simpsons rock it is finally over. Uh, I will. I my goal by next episode is to figure out exactly how long it took me. Um, but yeah. So I thought forever, <laughs> forever, seven years later. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I thought I saw that there were thirty four seasons of The Simpsons. So I don't know if uh, Disney Plus is not putting the newest episodes on but i watched uh all the way through season 33 so i did not see any episodes for season 34 yet but anyways. okay those might be on hulu okay well that's good enough for me i'm i'm, I'm it's good enough for me right now I'm no <laughs> no you need to catch up do it do it now um Come so on. yeah so I feel pretty good about that being uh, done in, in the rearview mirror right now. But uh, so I was able to move forward and actually watch something else. Um, so we have a new coworker um, at work. I think he's been around for about a month now. And uh, he and my boss both are not like heavy into it, but they both really do appreciate anime. Okay. And so we were just randomly having a conversation last week and they both were disappointed in me not having watched a movie called Spirited Away. Are you familiar with that one? No. Okay. <laughs> are I'm you not familiar? an anime person. I, yeah, I was just going to say, are you familiar with anime whatsoever? Um, I've watched a Pokemon anime because my daughter likes it. <laughs> okay. I watched um, that a little bit as a kid too, but I was never really into anime. Well, uh, I, I'm familiar with a, a very little bit. I've like watched next to none. I watched a little bit just because when my brother uh, and I were still at home for a part of college, he was watching some of it. But I recognize Spirited Away. Like I've seen a lot of like screenshots, memes, different things like that. And so I watched that this weekend. Um, pretty good. Pretty interesting. I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Um, where it lands as far as animes in general go, I've heard that's kind of uh, near the top of most people's lists it was certainly a little bit confusing though but i anticipate watching more animes in the future at some point and i think that that's going to be kind of a common theme just because they have a very different um storytelling approach for animes so it'll be interesting but yeah as far as my first anime full movie experience uh it was a good one Spirited away. Um, but that is it for me. What about you? Um, continuing on with New Girl. Um Yeah, man, we're like in the later seasons and 
It's like when Jess dates Robbie for like five minutes. And it was kind of lame. Like, Schmidt and Cece are already married, and it's like the show's just winding down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Man, that last season was rough, though. Thought they just like skipped ahead five years in the future or something ridiculous. Yeah, and you totally got to miss out on Winston's marriage and that whole thing. Yeah, and then they had the funeral for um, Ferguson, the cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're almost to that, and it's like that's where we really like peter out watching the show. Uh, but on the plus side, we watched the show Made that I was talking about last week. Um, it was a limited series on Netflix, so I really don't think there's going to be another season. Okay, um, that was pretty good. Um, good drama, but yeah, if you get a chance, check that one out. I think it's from 2021, and we just now heard about it. Okay, but. Yeah. Uh, and then I was watching that Stone Cold show that I can never remember the title of. Stone Cold. I don't remember. But he goes around and does like different jobs and like different tasks and stuff. Uh, on this latest one, he went fishing in Pyramid Lake, I think they called it. And I believe it's in Nevada. And he was like catching some kind of trout or something. He took like some friends with him and had like bets and stuff going on so that was kind of funny um and then just some odds and ends of other things he did that was the one i really remembered uh i also watched wwe most wanted treasures um watched two of those they had one with bret hart i can't remember if i mentioned that last week but apparently like he used to have a lot of his own stuff but then somebody stole it from him so he has pretty much nothing so they're gonna go around trying to find things like to show um like WrestleMania weekend, they have like this thing set up. It's almost like a museum of WWE like artifacts. Okay. So they've been this show they go around and like they try to get like famous wrestlers and get things that were like important to their career to display. Um and then with this one it was like, okay, after we're using these, and then Brett gets all of them because he doesn't have any of this stuff. And it was like, he didn't know about it, so it was just like a gift to him. So that was kind of cool. And then the latest one, they had Goldberg on there. And um, they went and found like some of his gloves that he wore and some boots and just some odds and ends of stuff. And that one was pretty good, too. But I thought the Bret Hart one was probably about the best one. But, and that is pretty much it for me, other than random YouTube stuff, but nothing really of mention. But oh, I guess I watched some of the those WWE Legends A and E biographies, some of the older ones. I watched the Bret Hart one, and I watched the Ultimate Warrior one. Mm. Uh, those are pretty good. Those are on YouTube, so if anybody wants to check those out, like on the actual A and E page. So they're super high quality and. Uh, those are always done really well. But pretty good. But that's all I have. So uh, you ready to jump into Pretty Woman? Let's do it. All right. So, Pretty Woman, it is from 1990. It is directed by Gary Marshall. 
And the plot is a man in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute he meets only to fall in love. Uh, the cast, we got Julia Roberts as Vivian Ward, Richard Gere as Edward Lewis, Jason Alexander as Philip Stuckey, Laura San Giacomo as Kit Laduca, um, Hector Elizondo as Barney Thompson. And I realize I said Kit Laduca, and it's Kit DeLuca. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. I'll take it. I would not I have caught that. I don't know if they ever like say her full name. Oh, yeah, they do. As soon as I say that, I'm like, oh, yeah, they do. It's one of those weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I believe when we talked about picking the movies that you said you'd never seen this one. That is correct. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, I know. People talk about it quite a bit. I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, So this is... I don't really know Julia Roberts' career that well, but was this was pretty early on for her wasn't it i mean she had i i'm looking at it right now and there are two other movies i recognize before she was in this but there was only one that i feel was pretty well known like do you know mystic pizza yeah and even then she wasn't like she was one of the major characters but she wasn't like a lead Mm -hmm. if that makes sense where in this, this was like her breakout movie. Okay, because Steel Magnolias is definitely a more popular movie, but also I don't feel like that was as... It wasn't you... like her movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so this was a big one for her. Yeah, this was kind of what put her on the map. Uh, she was super young in it. I believe she was only like 21 or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah I read that today. But yeah, I've seen it quite a few times. Um, I remember watching it on network TV as a kid uh, with my mom because it was like one of her favorite movies. And uh, I've watched it quite a few times with my wife because it's one of her favorite movies. So I remember watching it in the hospital after we had our uh, our daughter because <laughs> the rooms... They had a TV on the wall that had like a built-in DVD player. Okay. So we just brought like some movies and TV shows and stuff on DVD to watch. Gonna pass some time. I remember watching this. Rock. But uh, we've also watched it outside on projector. So yeah, I've seen it quite a few times. Um, I guess one of the things that really blows my mind about it is it's technically a Disney movie. Oh. Did you know that? Really? Well, for a while there, like in the late 80s, early 90s, it started off. They um, had Buena Vista Pictures and Touchstone Pictures. Okay. Uh, so they could do more adult-oriented movies, and this was one of them. Um, it was under the Buena Vista Pictures distribution. Huh. So. Is that why they included <laughs> the whole princess dialogue? To the what? Do- the princess and the night dialogue <laughs> was that Disney princess reference? Maybe I don't know. At this time, um, like Disney's animation was kind of in a slump. I, well, I guess Little Mermaid came out 
um, I believe, for this. And that was kind of like what sparked the like Disney's comeback in animation because they were getting uh, overthrown kind of by Don Bluth Studios, mm-hmm. who used to work for Disney. But that's a completely different thing altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but let's close let's close that tab. Um, but yeah, uh, early movie for Julia Roberts and maybe one of the comeback roles kind of a Richard Gere because he was kind of spinning his wheels here for a little bit. Um, you know, he was in movies, big, big movies previously, like uh, American Gigolo, things like that. Um, but he had like a little slump for a little bit. You know, kind of similar to like John Travolta was big in the 70s, but then he had a slump in the 80s. And it wasn't until, you know, you get that one role and it kind of brings you back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at his stuff and... Yeah, he... Things kind of jumped up for him in more of kind of like the later, mid to later 90s. But yeah, I don't really recognize his stuff before this. So, but yeah, I mean, it's Richard Gere. He... I mean, practically anyone's probably seen at least one movie with him, so. Yeah, most likely. Um, yeah, I mean, a quick cover of the story. It's like this rich dude takes up this street prostitute <laughs> and's <laughs> a falling in love with her. Um, and a really realistic story, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a, I always laughed. And, um, Remember Chappelle show did like the the real life version of Pretty Woman and what it would be like? And they had like two actors laying in bed that looked similar to the two main characters. And she says to him, she's like, Good morning, and he's like, Yeah, good morning. He's like, No, you need to get the F out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but it totally sounds like something that would have been on that show. <laughs> I believe it was Chappelle show. I'm like ninety five percent sure. But oh man, that would be pretty much the realistic thing. Uh, so, so when this movie was made, like I guess when they were coming up with a story for it, they had the story for a while, but didn't have like distribution for it. And the original script, I guess, was like super dark. Dude, I was. It, this was a weird experience. Not gonna lie, I mean, I remember. So anytime people talked about it, like, oh, cute, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, the risque because she's a prostitute and everything. And I was watching and I was just like, man, this is like a, a dark undertone mm-hmm. to some of this. Like, I don't know if it was intended in the 90s, but watching it now, it's just like, this is this is a little unusual. Yeah, like. I couldn't find anything on IMDb about the original script for this, but I, I know I watched something about this movie and, um, they said like the original script, I know it's supposed to be called like $3,000 was going to be the original name of the movie. Hmm. And like, it didn't have a happy ending. Like the Edward and the Vivian character get in a fight. Like he kicks her out of the car. 
he drives off and then it's like uh kit ends up ODing on cocaine or something like that. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, when it got signed on by Disney, they changed the uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the outcome of it. It might have been that uh the movies that changed us or whatever. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The movies that made us on Netflix. I, I believe they did one on Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's probably what I watched. It, yeah, it was it was season two of season two, episode two, is where they talked about how um the script was changed and how it was distributed by uh Disney, which is kind of funny. It's just strange because like I'm trying to think I mean, of course, like in nineteen ninety I would have been too young for this anyways, but just like the thought process of people rooting for a prostitute. <laughs> and I mean, there's not much backstory. Eventually you get backstory, but there's not a lot of backstory where it's just kind of like, Oh, you know, I mean, she was forced into this lifestyle and she's just somebody who's had a tough time and everything. And she's, wanting to get out of it she's looking for a break or something like that but just i don't know it made it so casual and yeah. it just i the movie is good so i understand its popularity but also at the same time it's kind of like i wonder if we were the age that we are now back in 1990 when it came out what adults were saying about this movie at the time does that make sense yeah yeah i get what you're saying i have to point out too that um a street walking prostitute probably would not look like julia roberts (laughs) yeah no that is very fair (laughs) she would be more of a uh a high price escort Mm kind of like uh american psycho where he picks up the the girl off the street and she's kind of just frumpy <laughs> and then he picked that he calls the escort service to send over a girl mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh that actually kind of popped in my mind a little bit because well i mean even when there was that scene where she was on the phone with her roommate and it was just like oh is he weirdo and it's just like yeah could he be a serial killer <laughs> um but you know don't worry about that his name's patrick patrick bateman <laughs> He gave me the entire history of um, Phil Collins' career. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. There's there's a weird crossover for you where (laughs) Richard Gere plays Patrick Bateman. Or the other way around where Patrick Bateman uh, hires hires Vivian. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, gosh. So, uh, just jumping into what we always do, um, things that are good in this movie. Uh, I had that the music is good. It's kind of a product of the early 90s, but I always kind of enjoy that stuff. Yeah, a little, little nostalgic, kind of. Yeah, some of the looks and feels of this movie and like the soundtrack gives me the same feelings I get when I watch like the first Ninja Turtles movie or um, Jason Takes Manhattan, because <laughs> it's kind yes. of in that same area. <laughs> Uh, the same era, I guess. 
Well, um, talking about nostalgic and little things like that in the music, uh, there is one element that I noticed that just kind of made me laugh and brought back nostalgia for me, and it's the limousine. Mm-hmm. And if you notice when they were in the limousine and you could see out the back window, it had the boomerang spoiler. Yes. Those things <laughs> I had, I think it was a um, a Hot Wheels car that was a limousine <laughs> that had that boomerang spoiler on it. And I have no <laughs> idea, but that is a very vivid memory for me when I was a kid that I had a little limo that had the boomerang spoiler on it core memory unlocked yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh yeah some of the songs in this movie it it starts off with the intro is uh king of wishful thinking by go west (laughs) which is a song that's pretty pretty like corny i guess um but i don't know every time i hear it on the radio i turn it up because it's a jam uh and then you know at the end we got um must have been loved by Roxette, <laughs> which is a uh, another classic. But um, you know, there's some other stuff mixed in there too. Obviously, the song "Pretty Woman's" in there a couple times. Um, that would have been about right though if they left it out. <laughs> 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 kind of like the the movie "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," which has like an odd version of that song it's not the cindy lopper one of course like how are you gonna have a movie called girls just want to have fun and not have the cindy lopper version of girls just want to have fun mm-hmm. uh, uh, so other things i thought were good i thought hector El- elzondo was really good he's yeah. like the manager of the hotel um him and julie roberts had pretty good chemistry together mm-hmm. and i like, had this kind of weird respect slash friendship yeah, where he was kind of like looking out for her, and like I don't know, it's almost like he appreciated her for being a real person, mm-hmm. and not like yeah. some stuffy douche <laughs> that he probably deals deals with all the time working at a five star hotel. Yeah, well, it was they definitely uh, their relationship definitely developed because he didn't like her at first, but then, as you kind of said too, saw how real she was and how. Uh, essentially sincere she was mm-hmm. and uh yeah it it was interesting because even though they didn't have a lot of screen time together it was uh, it was a key part of the movie yeah it's kind of funny seeing him with hair too yeah because he's been bald for so long <laughs> mm-hmm. I wonder like how old this, he was. there was this movie called private resort that had um a really young Johnny Depp in it and Hector Elizondo's in that. Okay. Those are probably the two earliest movies because private resort came out before this. So yeah, I wonder how old he was when this came out. Uh, Another um, thing that was good is Julia Roberts roommate. um, Laura who played Kit. Yeah. Um, I thought she was good. Um, I wouldn't go as far as great. She I actually, I had to look it up because I reckon she's kind of one of those actresses where a lot of times you say, oh, there's that actor. He's that guy. Yeah. She's one you of know? those. Hey, that's that girl. 
Yeah. And I could not think of it because I knew there was something that she was the lead in. Um, and not to get too sidetracked with this, but there's a um, Tom Selleck movie, Quigley Down Under, that she was oh the main lead for. I have not seen Quigley Down Under in forever. Oh, man. My dad really liked that movie. So we, I remember watching it several times with him. <laughs> yeah, I watched it with my uncle one time. Um, that was, gosh, I can't even remember early two thousands. That's how long it's been since I've seen that movie. Um, what I recognize her from is the TV series, just shoot me. Okay. Did you ever watch that? Mm -mm. Had David Spade in it. Um, she was one of the main characters in it. She was in, that show was on for a long time, like five years or something, six years. She was in almost every single episode. Okay. Yeah. That is what I recognized her in, but that show didn't come on until 1997, so that was seven years after this. <laughs> but uh, things that were great, uh, Julie Roberts. Yeah. Like, it was obvious that it was just a breakout role for her because she was really good at it. Mm -hmm. Like I just wrote in my, my notes that I've never really... Throughout her entire career, I've never really found her like super attractive. Like I thought she was good looking, but I've never been like attracted to her. But in this movie, I don't know. It's like I don't know. She's just I, I wrote on here. I couldn't think of any other words. So it's like wrote that she was radiant in this movie. Okay, <laughs> like her personality, just like her looks, well, um, the it, way she carries herself, kind of thing. Yeah, it's super weird because I found myself like, because I had no idea exactly what happened. I mean, I, from conversations I remember overhearing, I was pretty positive that they wound up together. I mean, that's where the story was leading anyways. Yeah. But I was like rooting for her. And it's funny because I talked about that earlier where it's just like, it feels weird that in the early 90s that a movie as popular as this, they would have you rooting for a prostitute. <laughs> but Honestly, I think that a huge reason why it's successful is just the fact that it was Julia Roberts playing that role. Like if they had, I bet you could have Demi 30, Moore. <laughs> like 30 more other um, actresses play it and it would lose the impact. Yeah, I would so. agree. Yeah, I just said that she's incredibly charming. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, like you said, I don't. I don't know how many other actresses could have pulled off that role to that level. Mm -hmm. I mean, others probably could have done it, but not to the effect that she did. Yeah. Uh, other, other things I thought were great. Uh, Richard Gere was really good in it. Mm -hmm. um, and the chemistry those two had, like it's. I don't know. They just had something that just mm. worked and it gelled so well. And I'm, I mean, they starred together in a few other movies after this. Yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, they just played off each other so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I had that I thought was great, uh, that people kind of overlook, and it's Jason Alexander mm. was so good in this movie. <laughs> Like I feel like he's a he's a really underrated actor, and people just see him like, oh, there's George Costanza. <laughs> right. But if you look at the, all the other stuff he's done, 
you know, whether it's small roles, like the one episode of Friends that he was in, where he was mm-hmm. that suicidal guy that uh, yeah, Phoebe Phoebe talked to, and mm-hmm. like he was so good in that, just funny, and um, I don't know, just really expressive all the time. And in this movie, like you see a different side of him where he could play like this creep and kind of a jerk. Yeah, no, where I, he like basically tries to force himself out of Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. I actually had so basically those three. I agree with them all being great, and honestly, I would say Julia Roberts probably number one. Jason Alexander is number two. Then Richard Gere as number three. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just because this role was like so out of character for Jason Alexander. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is before Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look at everything else in his career, like I don't think he's ever really had a role where he was um, just like a creep and kind of a jerk. Yeah, I mean, it was so easy to hate him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it doesn't even really start off that way. He's just like, okay, well, this guy's his lawyer. And um, as the movie progresses, he's he gets to be like annoying. And then you just like you hate him. And then the whole scene where he tries to force himself on her and he slaps her and stuff. And then Richard Gere beats the crap out of him and kicks him out. But yeah, just <laughs> I remember the first time I watched this as an adult and seeing that, I'm like, dang, George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing too, where that, that whole scene where it's just like, dang, like, I mean, a very sobering, sequence of events yeah and i don't know i mean just i I guess i'm not surprised because it fits with the narrative and uh the storytelling and everything but i didn't know that was in there i didn't know that was coming yeah so that's like i said the first time i watched it as an adult it kind of blindsided me too mm -hmm. what um i guess favorite scenes we can get into <clears throat> um there's a lot of kind of fun things in this movie um one of the most memorable ones to me is where he tells her to go shopping and she goes to like the store on rodeo drive and um they basically won't let her shop there because she's you know she's dressed like a prostitute Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's expensive. She's a. Well, I didn't ask how much it was. I just asked you if it was what size was it, and um, they like basically kick her out, and then she goes back, and that's when she has the um the talk with Hector Elizondo's character, and they set her up with a a place that like treats her right, and gets her what she needs, but then when she goes shopping with Richard Gere, and like that whole sequence is funny because. They walk into the store, and he says to the store owner, "He's like, we're going to be set, we're going to be spending an obscene amount of money here, so you better get better at kissing your butt, kind of thing." Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, we're talking about obscene. Are we talking about completely uh, ludicrous or like just crazy?" He's like, "No, we're talking about absolutely ludicrous." <laughs> <laughs> and, like that whole thing just kind of cracks me up. 
after she gets all her clothes, she goes back into that one store and she's like, Hey, remember me? I was here the other day and you wouldn't sell to me. She's like, you made a huge mistake. Huge. Like that whole thing that they parodied on the office mm-hmm. with Dwight. Yeah. Uh, how he sh- Dwight shows up in um, overalls and beat stained hands and bare feet trying to buy something. <laughs> oh, gosh. But that's one of the most memorable scenes to me. It, probably one of the most uh, quoted scenes, I guess, in the movie. I mean, if they talk about it on The Office as a prominent scene, then it's probably a prominent scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get other stuff too, like where she's in a bathtub and um, they make the deal that she's going to spend like a weekend or whatever. He'll pay her $3,000. Like the whole bathtub scene is a iconic one. Yeah. Well, then uh, in that same uh, genre is when they get glammed up for that date night and he gives her the necklace. Yeah, and they close the box. Yeah. And she giggles and pulls her hand away, which was parody on parody family down guy. Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's hilarious that you and I like instantly went there. <laughs> I know, I was just like, it's just too hilarious. Uh uh, the, that whole dinner scene, too, is pretty funny because, you know, she's not used to, like, these fancy um, five-star multi-course meals and everything. Mm-hmm. And they bring out, like, escargot, and uh, <laughs> she ends up, like, accidentally throwing a piece of it. But, yeah, and the one and guy catches the, it. Yeah, and then the old man is, like, talking to her and, like, he kind of is on her level where like, I never understood what all this silverware was supposed to go to. <laughs> but And the, you can tell that like the grandson or whatever it is talking to Richard Gere is so annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. He's just a complete tool. Yes, yeah, Chad. Which was interesting though because he talked to her later at the polo event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the polo event yeah i love how she stands up and she's like woo, 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 yeah <laughs> like that cracks me up too and like all these uh, uptight rich people just look at her like who the hell is that yeah it's it one thing that's a little weird to me is how sometimes they made her character intelligent and knowledgeable that she understood what was going on and how to act essentially mm-hmm. and then other times she was kind of oblivious to it yeah and so i felt like there was a little inconsistency there but nothing that like ruined her or anything but yeah i would say i would, I would agree with that um i think some of my favorite scenes were just uh it was kind of like a character development for julia roberts uh but basically whenever she interacted with hector um you know she learned uh she was nervous about the clothing so then uh he helped set her up for that but then she didn't know what to do about dinner and then she got things and was so excited and then came and talked to him in the lobby the one time Mm -hmm. uh there were a couple other things but it was just kind of like 
I felt like that was a lot of your developmental parts where she, you could see her growing and changing. So. Yeah. The, the last thing I had, it was still part of the whole shopping on Rodeo drive thing, which I picked up on this time, but it, it cracked me up how to get ready to go in the store. And he's like, okay. Um, he's like, they don't care about, who you are, they care about the money. And he's like, first, he's like, you need to get rid of that gum. And she just spits the gum out. And there's like this lady, like rich lady walking by and she like dodges it really quick. <laughs> and then he's just like, okay, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> like that just cracked me up this time. But yeah, this is one of those movies that has like so many like iconic scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, even the the scene where she's laying on the floor watching "I Love Lucy" and talking to him, yeah, um, that's kind of memorable as well. And then the whole her rules of uh, dealing with a John, where she doesn't kiss him on the mouth, kind of thing. Yeah, the date that's night a- thing, going on the plane and seeing yeah. the opera. Oh, and her comment. Um, oh crap, I can't remember it. I didn't have it written down, but basically her comment after watching the opera where she tells the old lady next to her that she could have peed her pants. Yeah. And then Richard Gere just totally like covers it up. Um, yeah. The man. lady's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me, it reminds her of something. The, pir- the pirates of whatever, some other kind of opera thing. And she's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever uh, seen opera? No, I plan to. (laughs) I saw part of an opera. I can't remember if it. uh, I'm gonna sound really ignorant here, but I know the shows have intermissions, and I can't remember if some of them have two intermissions. But I was able to go to an opera experience. It was like it was a paid for thing in college, so it's not like I had to pay out of pocket. But we went, and I think it was Don Giovanni, and. I can appreciate the art form, but also it was definitely not my thing. (laughs) And so I went, I experienced it at intermission. Me and my friends left and we were like, okay, we're good. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been the same. Even if I, if I even showed up, um, I went to a few plays in college and it was mostly because I had to videotape them because I worked for the IT department, Mm. but yeah, definitely not my thing. Not about it, but um, I guess we can get into things that are bad. I don't really have much that's bad. I can't yeah. really think of much of anything. Really, the the only thing was some of those slight inconsistencies. Um, but I mean that's that's being a little nitpicky about the movie because basically anything and everything is going to have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, part of the reason, and I, I said that Richard Gear was something that was great, but part of the thing that didn't put him at the top of the list where Julia was or where Jason Alexander was is it just seemed like sometimes he came. I know that some of it was meant to be like that, but other times he kind of came across more flat than normal. Yeah. Like when he when he did the whole final thing where he kind of 
slashed the deal and just completely changed everything. And then he went outside and walked around on the grass and all that. Yeah. It kind of seemed like a big moment, but at the same time, it was rather flat. Like he wasn't really expressing himself too much. It was just like, Oh, I'm walking in the grass without my shoes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I understand what this moment is supposed to signify, but also at the same time, I feel like I don't feel like the character is like it's impacting the character. Yeah. So again, yeah, it like, was a little, it was a little clunky with that. I would say. Yeah. So not very, not like, um, not. I I put it in the category of bad, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, I'm not expecting it to be perfect. It's just things that could have been, maybe have been better. But now here's. Uh, Okay, so here's going to come the difficult conversation. Um, I was, uh, okay, I understand, before I say this, I'm going to say I understand it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I don't get it. And I don't know if either of us are going to be able to say it completely because this is a chick flick and it's going to be coming from the female perspective. But, like, Richard Gere is giving her everything. And, yes, he is kind of coming sometimes from a place of arrogance, maybe, or um, being inconsiderate a little bit. But his intentions are more or less good. And so he's doing all this stuff. And maybe he's not delivering it as perfectly as he could. But then she basically comes out and is just like, yeah, this is all great and stuff, but I still want to be rescued like a princess. And I was kind of like, really? Like, this is where we're going with this, where it's just like this This is the the weird moment that is going to potentially like cause them not to be together. Yeah. That it, it it was, that was weird for me, not going to (laughs) lie. And so then that also made me think of, I was just like, honestly, there was a relationship that I had with somebody um, and they kind of, they didn't talk about being rescued, but they talked, they talked about something. And as soon as she had that conversation in the movie, it made me think of the conversation I had with the relationship, (laughs) which was at when we split up, like that was (laughs) the kind of conversation that we had before uh, when we split up. So I was just like, man, is this like an impact of something that was on you know, girls from a young age of this whole thing. I mean, like, I, I get the whole Disney princess thing, but it's just like, I don't know. It, it was it was weird for me. Was it weird for you? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. And it's not me saying, like, oh, this is completely unreasonable, but also at the same time, it's just like, okay, Richard Gere's like, I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm giving you, I'm, like, giving you, like, money, I'm giving you attention, I'm changing who I am because of you and how you've uh, influenced me, and then she's like, yeah, but I want more, and I'm just like, really? (laughs) So... Uh, Man, we don't know what we did. (laughs) (laughs) What a classic family guy. 
Oh, that's perfect. Oh, also another Family Guy thing I thought of during this because it's Richard Gere. It's in your butt. <laughs> Peter, if you look down, you'll see the Easter eggs right there. No, it's in your butt. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, but um... yeah, I would agree with everything you're saying. Um, I didn't, other than that kind of stuff, I didn't really have much that was quote unquote bad or maybe didn't work as well with this movie because I th- feel like most things kind of go pretty well in this mm-hmm. now i have another thing to hear uh are you about ready to move into facts and trivia or whatnot yeah okay i got one more thing right before we do that and you might be able to contribute to this more than i can because i've not seen this other movie i'm going to refer to but is pretty woman essentially the 90s version of 50 shades of gray basically i know the story behind it i have not seen that movie and i have really no interest i i don't either but i feel like it kind of is because okay let's face it like 90s like more taboo like i mean this was like probably taboo where it's just like hey we're glorifying a prostitute here and so like they're not as deep crazy off the deep end as 50 shades of gray and how open and accepted that is now. But for the 90s, I kind of feel like this was their 50 Shades of Grey, where it's like risque, this guy is controlling this woman's life. I don't think in 50 Shades of Grey he was paying her, but I don't know. Anyways, that's kind of besides the point. But I feel there are a lot of similarities, and both. but the thing that is common in both of them if you put an unattractive male in the person of the lead male role, it completely changes it from super romantic to super creepy. Oh yeah. Always. It's always the way those are. Yep. And so that is why (laughs) pretty woman is the nineties version of 50 shades of gray. Like if you had Jason Alexander playing. Yes. (laughs) uh, Edward instead of Richard gear. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or like Wayne Knight who played Newman in Seinfeld. (laughs) <laughs> or uh it wouldn't work with the time frame but um Polly Shore <laughs> dude or if you had Danny Trejo <laughs> Play, no. Joe Pesci Joe Pesci <laughs> no uh, it'd be a lot more F-bombs in the movie if it was Joe Pesci <laughs> so much so much more oh, wow this... well with that I think that's a good place to turn into <laughs> trivia facts because I got a lot of casting what ifs oh, um, thankfully none of those that we answered were <laughs> even considered <laughs> oh man so the first thing I got is the homeless guy that Edward asked for directions and he says when he, he's asking how to get to Beverly Hills and he's like you're here he's like that's Sylvester Stallone's house uh, that was the director Gary Marshall Oh, nice. He's got one of the most recognizable voices. Like, as soon as I heard it, I didn't even have to see his face. I'm like, oh, that's Gary Marshall. But uh, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts had an obvious uh, chemistry upon their first meeting. However, Gere was not planning on taking the role. He was on the phone ready to turn down the part when Julia Roberts slid him a post-it note with the words, please say yes, written on it, and he accepted the role right then. Wait, so they were hanging out together, and he was on the phone? Well, they met, like, during, like, casting or something like that. Hmm. 
and they had like their first meeting or whatever when he was being offered the role and he hadn't accepted it yet. Okay. And he was on the phone to like tell them no, and that's when he she slid him that note. Um so the scene where he's playing piano, that's actually Richard Gere playing the piano. I was wondering about that. It looked like And it he was... also composed the piece of music that he's playing. Oh, dang. Yeah, oh, that's pretty well, impressive. Speaking of which, talking about unusual scenes, <laughs> that was a weird one. Yeah. Anyways, we won't yeah, he's dive in a, into he's it. an empty bar playing a piano, and the guy just leaves so like those two can do it on the yeah. piano. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you got money, you can do anything you want. I guess. Well, yeah, that is true. So in the dinner scene where Vivian flings the snail across the room, uh, the waiter who catches it says it happens all the time. Uh, director Gary Marshall threw the snail himself over many shots before the actor caught the snail convincingly. Um, he then cast the same actor in the movie The Princess Diaries later, uh, years later uh, and gave him the same line. Nice. Yeah. Uh, while shooting the scene in which Vivian lies down on the floor of Edward's penthouse watching old I Love Lucy reruns, uh, Gary Marshall was actually off-screen tickling Julia Roberts' feet to get her to laugh hysterically. Oh, nice. Uh, so during the sex scene, Julia Roberts got so nervous that there was a visible vein that popped out of her forehead. <laughs> uh, director Gary Marshall actually had to get into the bed with Julia and Richard Gere and then Marshall and Gear massaged her forehead until the vein disappeared. Oh, man. <laughs> she actually also broke into hives and was given calamine lotion until they were able to um, finally shoot the scene. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, the necklace that Vivian wears to the opera really did cost a quarter of a million dollars. Jeez. And while filming the scene, a security man from the jewelry store was equipped with a gun and was constantly standing behind the director. Uh, initially, Christopher Reeve was going to play Edward Lewis. Uh, Julie Roberts had other business to attend to and was able to read with Reeve during the audition. Uh, the casting director read the Vivian part uh, so badly that Reeve tore up the script and stormed out. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Easy there, Superman. Uh, so the red coat that, Wivi, uh, yeah, that Vivian wears was bought for $30 from a movie usher in the street shortly before filming. Hmm. Uh, Vivian requests that her... Um, when she first enters Edward's penthouse for permission to remove her high heel boots, uh, that was actually her idea because the boots were really hurting her feet. <laughs> Uh, during the scene where Julia Roberts sings along to Prince in the bathtub, later sliding down, dunking her head under the water, uh, the crew played a prank on her by leaving the set when she went under. And when Roberts came back up and opened her eyes, everybody was gone, even the cameraman. <laughs> but they got the shot anyway. Um, so the role of Vivian was offered to many successful A-list actresses, including Molly Ringwald. Uh, she turned it down because she felt uncomfortable with the content in the script and she did not like the idea of playing a prostitute. Uh, she has since stated that in several interviews that she regrets turning the role down. Because mm. what did she really do in the 90s? Yeah. 
So Al Pacino turned down the role of Edward after a screen test of Julia Roberts. Although he stated that he loved the screenplay, he just felt like he wasn't the right actor for it. I love you. You set my heart on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he would not have been best in my <laughs> I could see him getting in a fight with Jason Alexander, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you set my heart on fire. Oh, man. Uh, so Disney did not want Julia Roberts for the role. Instead, they wanted Meg Ryan. And then they also wanted Sean Connery as Edward. Which oh, I can see God. Sean Connery playing Edward. I could, but I feel like... Because actually, um, what, he was in... He would have been older, but... Yeah. Uh... I cannot see Meg Ryan as Vivian. Like, I'm not a Meg Ryan fan. Never have been. No, I don't see her. I... I... Out of those two, I see Sean Connery more, but at the same time, he he's too old. I think he would have made it kind of weird or even more creepy. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's my granddaughter. Yes. <laughs> you shut my heart on fire. <laughs> I don't she... know why that's a, a line <laughs> we keep going to because it's not even in the movie. <laughs> or or the good old family guy where it's like, she, she gentlemen, three no's and a yes means yes. <laughs> Uh, some more casting stuff. Uh, Burt Reynolds was offered the role of Edward Lewis, but he declined. Uh, he jokingly said on the Piers Morgan show in 2012 that if he that after he saw the film and the lovemaking scenes of Julia Roberts, he said that he made a mistake not taking the part, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a Burt Reynolds thing to say. Um, so Demi Moore turned down the role of Kit. Okay. Um, Drew Barrymore and Winona Ryder both auditioned for the role of Vivian, but were turned down because director Gary Marshall felt that they were too young for the part. Wait, who was the second one? Winona Ryder. Oh, okay. And then Uma Thurman auditioned and Daryl Hannah turned down the role. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... uh, Well, Uma Thurman maybe... Okay, so here's the interesting one. Uh, Because we talked about earlier, Uma Thurman, I feel like could have fit the role of, you know, playing a prostitute well for the storyline. But I don't think that she would have been able to pull off the likability, relatability, whatever you want to call it, that Julia Roberts did. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, So John Travolta auditioned for the role of Edward. And then here, here's a, here's some funny ones for you. Albert Brooks and Sylvester Stallone turned down the role. <laughs> could you imagine Stallone in this movie? Oh gosh, man, we could have had we could have had Stallone and um, Uma Thurman in this movie, <laughs> which would have been weird. Uh, so these ones made more sense to me. At least a couple of them: uh, Dennis Quaid, Harrison Ford, which I can definitely see in this role. Oh yeah. Bruce Campbell, which is an interesting one. Mm. Danny Glover, which is another odd one. And then John Hurd were all considered. I can see Dennis Quaid and Harrison Ford. Especially Harrison Ford. Yeah. But Danny Glover and Bruce Campbell? Like, is that real? No. Like, I, I like Bruce Campbell. He's always great and everything. And he's a funny guy, but I just can't see him playing that character. No, John Hurd, I could see before several of those. 
Yeah, which is funny and I can't John... see Travolta either. Uh, I he's more in the middle than being at the end of heck no. Yeah, so Stallone's definitely a heck no. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and sorry, Danny Glover, like I don't see it. No, no. <laughs> he's too over that shit. Uh, when writer J.F. Lawton pitched the story to Disney, they liked the screenplay but felt that the ending was too dark compared to their usual output and asked him to rewrite it with a happy ending. Uh, for years, there was an urban myth stated in original plans that Vivian was supposed to be addicted to cocaine, and part of the deal is that she couldn't do drugs during the week. At the end of the movie, Vivian is supposed to find out that Kit had overdosed on drugs uh, while she was with Edward. Uh, Lawton finally debunked the series, this theory on the Netflix series, uh, Pretty Woman, which came out in 2021. I didn't know there was a series for that. Hmm. And explained that the movie is supposed to end with Edward dropping Vivian off in the exact same spot he had picked her up. Um, they get into a fight because she had fallen in love with him and he refuses and then refuses to take the $3,000 that he insists she take. Uh, she angrily throws the money the ground and drives away uh vivian picks up the money before homeless people can take it goes home and decides to use it to fulfill kit's lifelong dream of taking her to disneyland mm. weird <laughs> yeah odd i do Bad ending i do think the um story of kit overdosing and them not being together is intriguing but the whole disneyland thing is a little peculiar i feel like somebody could probably honestly make that movie oh man i don't know if you could now um but they could make that movie and it'd be you know not half bad yeah but also not half good uh, last thing I got is the budget was $14 million and it made $463 million in the box office worldwide. Why? 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 $14 million and 463 Yeah. Worldwide. Why? Dang, man. So, also this movie is extremely popular in Spain for whatever reason. Hmm. I, I read on IMDb, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> that it plays on TV there like fairly often and it always pulls either like somewhere in between I think it was like 9 and 95% viewership dang yeah so the Spaniards seem to love Pretty Woman is it because of Richard Gere or is it because of Julia Roberts maybe it's dang. because of Hector Elizondo <laughs> oh. Jason Alexander They're Jason Alexander Jason Alexander fans <laughs> Yep. Uh, so grades pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think they are? I think I may have seen this. So is it a six point eight? It's a seven point one. Oh, okay. So I did not see that right. All right. Um, Rotten Tomato Critic. Um, seventy five percent. Sixty four. I was kind of surprised. Hmm. Uh, audience 78. 68. Oh, geez. again, surprised. That is strange. 
I mean, my only real beef with this movie is that the whole story is kind of unbelievable. Yeah. But there's so many other movies that I enjoy that are unbelievable, so that's True. not really much of a beef. Like RoboCop? I like RoboCop, but there's not going to be a half-man, half-robot cop walking around. You never know. Well, <laughs> what about... um? Oh, shoot. What was I going to say with that? Like, what about the possibility of glorifying the role of uh, being a prostitute and everything? That's a that's a dangerous storyline to be thrown out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. Yeah. Thanks for scarring us. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Right. First time watch. Long time listener. No. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> first time watch. Uh. Definitely very interesting. Uh, I can see where the hype, I guess, kind of came from. Um, I, while there were several things that were weird, I really can't say much that was bad about it. And with how excellent the performance was, specifically by Julia Roberts and the great chemistry that was there. Um, and this is definitely kind of like a product of the 90s because actually I was thinking, and I didn't mention this earlier, like if this had happened now in the past like five years, when he brought the prostitute into the hotel, that would have been all over social media. Like oh, somebody, yeah. somebody would have gotten footage or pictures, posted it. He would have been like uh, probably blackballed by places or like scathing things about him on the internet yada 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 whatever um but yeah uh so like i said product of the 90s i don't really see being able to give it anything other than a five out of five really i mean for being a chick flick and um you know comedy drama chick flick it did what it intended to so five out of five yeah, I agree. I also have it a five out of five. Um, it's funny you say that about it being all over social media and everything. <laughs> I guess I never really thought about that, but once you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Like there'd be memes about it and everything. Mm-hmm. Like a picture in that that Drake meme where he's like like hiding away from something and then pointing at something else. Uh... Or it'd be like um it'd be like Richard Gere hiding away from uh, like a successful businesswoman and then pointing at a cheap prostitute or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I could see that happening. Or it would totally be that meme where the guy is walking with the girl and he looks back <laughs> at the other one. Yeah. And he's got like a businesswoman with him and then he's looking back at a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those would be rampant on Twitter. I could totally see that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was easy to give this a five out of five. It's one of the movies, like, it's one of my wife's favorite movies. And anytime she's like, oh, let's watch a movie. And like, she wants to watch, uh, something that she likes. I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll try to like go through our movies. Be like, oh, we got pretty woman. <laughs> like, I try to like pick ones that I'm not going to hate myself watching. Like, I'd rather watch this, like, ten times in a row than watch Titanic again. Never seen it. 
Oh my so, gosh, dude, don't waste your time, man. I know I'm lucky. We've, I don't we've think... talked with, I've talked with Craig about this before, our friend Craig, and we both said that the la- best part of the movie is the last 25 minutes or whatever when the, the boat is sinking. Because <laughs> it's actually like the action and like the pacing and stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. But all stuff leading up to that is just kind of lame. And like, I went and saw one of the Twilight movies with my wife in a theater. I think it was the last one. Okay. And that was pretty brutal. So, yeah, it's usually like this one, The Wedding Singer, and Never Been Kissed are the ones I usually throw out. <laughs> See if she'll bite on them. Nice. But, yeah, so it's this is a pretty good one. I, I enjoy it every time I see it. But Rock. Easy, a five out of five. So, next week, we got another one that I've seen quite a few times, and I'm sure you've probably seen this one, and that's Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. With Patrick Swayze. His second best movie, only to Roadhouse. <laughs> the, the Swayze Meister. The Swayze Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see Patrick Swayze in this movie, too. Yeah. As the Edward character. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm trying to think of a good quote. What would it be like? <laughs> you set my heart on fire. I, Even though when I said that, it sounded more like Nicolas Cage. I am Edward. <laughs> yeah, like a businessman. <laughs> wait, um, my, wait, my lawyer is George Costanza? <laughs> oh man. Keanu. Nicolas Cage in this movie would have been interesting. Oh no. <laughs> Fly off the handle. <laughs> Punching women in the face. <laughs> he could have played the George character then. The Jason yeah. Alexander. Uh, De- Punches Julia Roberts in the face. <laughs> Can I get some prostitutes over here? <laughs> All right, we're big tangent, big big tangent. We might have to do a separate thing about all the different crazy multiverse things that could have been Pretty Woman. Could there be any more prostitutes? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we gotta stop with the tangent. That was perfect. Oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which okay, closing the tangent here. <laughs> Uh, with one last thing i saw this article on facebook where it said a woman or a guy was kicked off a plane uh because like his something like the bag he was gonna check in in the airport uh was too heavy so he took out of the clothes out of it and he wore them on the plane (laughs) oh really yeah and then someone commented on it saying hey look at me i'm chandler could i be wearing any more clothes What would be wrong with that? Come on. that's I see nothing wrong with that. Uh, apparently someone's done it before and then they passed out because they sweat so much. Oh, man. Yeah. But closing that tab. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting as this month goes on because there's some movies in this that I haven't seen before. Um, like I said, I have seen Dirty Dancing. I have seen Pretty Woman. Um, I know I dropped it on on Twitter and on Facebook 
but uh, the rest of the month, I can give what's on the planner for that in one second here. <coughs> Dang allergies, making me cough. But we got Legally Blonde, which I have seen. Miss Congeniality, which I believe I have seen. But then Hope Floats, I have not seen that one. So I've, I've not seen that one either. <gasps> it's the first time for both of us. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. But yeah, Dirty Dancing. I'm probably going to try to watch that on beta. Because I have it on beta. <laughs> I haven't watched <laughs> it on there. But yeah, if you guys are liking the show, um, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, leave a review. If you leave a review, hopefully I'll remember for once to check and see if there's any new ones and share it. <laughs> I haven't checked in a little while, so yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we got YouTube, we have TikTok. Uh, we're planning more TikTok stuff, so we're formulating yeah. stuff for that. So keep an eye on that. We'll be having some more stuff for you guys to look at. But yeah, come by next time. We're going to be talking about Dirty Dancing, um, Patrick Swayze's second best movie, Only the Roadhouse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, until then, be kind and rewind.